What is up, Inherent family? My name is Stephen DeLaRoche, and you're listening to Life and Style by Inherent. Today, we have the distinct pleasure of hosting Ian Lee, a self-described eternal optimist, engineer, and entrepreneur. We touch on everything from thinking of creativity in moments, not actions, and the beauty of the simplicity of a white shirt and how it reminds Ian to always see the blessings that are right in front of him. Depth, levity, honesty, this episode has it all. Without further ado, I present to you Ian Lee. Ian, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're just gonna cold. You're just gonna cold turkey. Ask me that question. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's see. So realistically, I went to school. I'm scholastically trained to be an engineer. I spent about ten years in the field. Mm-hmm. Then I decided to throw all of that aside and quit my day job and go become an entrepreneur. Mm. Uh, have started a handful of companies. A lot of them turned into dumpster fires. They make great conversation over cocktails. Yeah. Uh, I've had a few of them become successful in a myriad of industry spaces as far as like the products that they sell and whatnot, but I'm always continuously passionate about taking complex things, making them easy for people to understand and doing so in arenas where products that you'd be either selling or services that you'd be like getting Mm. feel antiquated and or old because I believe that every moment is always a great moment for excellence. Mm, yeah. And so I, I love working in those industry spaces uh, to do things that people just don't expect and yeah. in a special way. Uh, and, and I love seeing the feedback that I can get with like, you know, clients or customers or whatever um, when, when you do that stuff. So perfect example, a buddy of mine and I, we uh, run a mortgage company here mm. in, uh, in the Colorado area. And we do things very different, right? Lots of yeah. communication, lots of text, lots of voicemails, lots of video, things like that. Uh, some friends and I own a distillery. Uh, we make pre-prohibition American spirits, but then we also take those methodologies, process and procedures, and we make flavors that they didn't have access to Absolutely. Uh, back in the day. Um, so yeah, the whole one foot in the past, one foot in the future, whether or not that's behavioral or pro- procedural or mm. from a product, uh, that's kind of what I do. Yeah. Um, and then I've got two little kids uh, and a wife, and she's significantly more attractive than I am, so that's always great. <laughs> that, that always tends to be the case. It, t- it t- does tend to be the case, especially when you have um, as much hair on your body as I do. <laughs> and, and then I should also say that my you know, my kids, i got a boy and a girl. They're both under three, and they keep us busier than, you, than I feel like I even keep mm-hmm. myself busy yeah. just with work. Absolutely. So hopefully that was a good answer to you. That your- was a great answer. <laughs> Uh, quick question. We'll, we'll get into the outfits here in a little bit, but, but, um, that, uh, I I think it might be fair to say that, 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 uh, that obsession with, um, creating, uh, creative opportunities to solve problems. Yeah. Um, like did that start in your engineering background or is that something you kind of stumbled on with your, uh, entrepreneurial background? Yeah, I think honestly, it started in my engineering days. Yeah, I uh, did a lot of high-level, complicated. I, I helped design global communication mm. systems, so yeah. everything from satellites that are like definitely way up in space down to terrestrial stuff that's like down on the ground. Yeah, and when you do that, you work with a huge group of people. Yeah, because uh, there's a billion parts that go into that big like system, and more often than not, for us as humans. 
when we spend a lot of time working on or spending a lot of time around specific things, mm-hmm. we're really, really capable of diving really deep yeah. into those individual components. Absolutely. But when we do that, we sacrifice a lot of times like the 10,000 foot view. Mm. And I think part of being forever an optimist is that you're always thinking at that 10,000 foot level because like, yeah. I mean, let's be real. It, you kind of have to stay in that zone or you get sad yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So all the time. Um, but that in the engineering world that provided me an opportunity to see things that a lot of my colleagues didn't. Mm. And I realized that there was great power in providing patience in those moments to think about things. You, some, you might call it outside the box, but sure. it's just from like a different angle. Yeah. And you know, it's not always about creating something new about maybe using something that's old in a different way. Mm. Uh, and I, I found myself gaining success as an engineer by bringing forward solutions that did just that. Mm, and gotcha. I liked it. Yeah. So uh, it seemed to, to, to bode well for me to continue to do that. But I think that you, you indicated it a little earlier. It's about cre- some a level of creativity. Yeah. I did feel a little squished mm. for my ability to implement my own type of creativity in that engineering sp- field because we yeah. were, as a collective group, designing to a specific project. And yep. you don't really have control to insert creative freedom, yeah. uh, you know, minus a few moments here or there. Of course. And so I did feel like creatively unfulfilled, which did definitely lead me to wanting to leave my engineering career yeah. and do the whole startup space because that's like the easiest... Everyone, if you're not like great at working in a giant group with a giant group of people, mm-hmm. like the easiest cop out is to be like, dude, I'm totally going to go be an, in, uh, an entrepreneur. Cause yeah. like, but it's because you just want to work by yourself and yeah. ain't nobody else like working with you, you know? Yep, but no, totally. I think uh, that was an easy step for me to take. Like, oh, I can do this. You know, I, yeah. um, I think part of being an eternal optimist is you also have a pretty high uh, confidence level of, yeah. of what you can accomplish. Yeah. Um, and so I did, I, when I left the engineering field and became an entrepreneur, I was actually in pursuit of trying to find new ways to exude and uncover mm. creative oppor- uh, creative opportunity and moments for yeah. myself. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I get, I think so. I don't really think of myself as a creative person. Yeah. I was just going to say like most people probably wouldn't correlate the businesses that you started or your background in engineering as creative fields. But, Correct. but, but then if you, if you take a step back, yeah, everyone is creative. Everyone has to be, especially if you're in those spaces to solve problems, like yeah. it takes creativity to solve problems. And, um, it was re- really cool for, for me to hear, you know, art director, people like, Oh yeah, creative, duh. It's a little more on the nose. But it's really cool for me to hear of that, that you do view it as a create and maybe not so much a creative job, but there are aspects of strong creativity in it. And that's yeah. really cool. I really think, cool to me. I think I, I'm, I've got good penmanship. Mm. That's probably the end of the <laughs> things that I do good with my hands as far as like sure. showing, being able to do something to show someone else. Sure. I can't play any musical instruments. I cannot paint unless stick figures are yeah. an art form that I'm now learning <laughs> about. So I'll say that for me, creative situations are about moments. Mm. It's about like the life that we're like the situation that you and me are in. Yeah. And I think that's what's led me to uncover unique ways to create businesses or, or be creative in those business fields. Yeah. 
uh, you know, as an example, one of the tasting rooms for our distillery is completely designed around like a pre-prohibition era, like yeah. speakeasy. And I, my mindset was realistically, like, how do we make a Disneyland experience mm. for adults who come in who literally are just getting a martini? I mean, yeah. like, why mm. go to the depths of chaos and crazy yeah. to make that experience fantastic? Well, it's because everyone deserves every moment and opportunity to experience something excellent mm. that, just like everyone else does. And I, yeah. when you do it in that way, you can connect and communicate and show people different things that enhance their life. Mm. So if it's like mortgages, if it's gin, if it's music, if yeah. it's textiles and clothes, I think there's always an opportunity for you to think about the moment in which they're experiencing that product or service. Mm. And if you can change that experience, then you can change people's mindsets and their hearts mm. and and all of the follow-on experiences that they have with that product. And yeah. honestly, you make raving fans and then that's that's how you grow good business, right? Because then yep. they tell their friends and absolutely come back and you know, hopefully they spend more money. Fantastic. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing. Uh, yeah. No, that was a little off topic, but totally. But thank you so much for elaborating on that. Um, so the crisp white shirt. You have yep. a lot of those from us. It's the it's the item that you picked for the authentic your authentic self challenge. It is. And uh, why the crisp white shirt? Well, I'm going to take your question of why as not like you know, we just spent ten minutes talking about creativity and you just have a ton of white shirts. Why? <laughs> <laughs> That's not at all what no, I, meant. I know. I know. I know. So here's the thing. I've always enjoyed using my attire especially at work, mm -hmm. right? As a way to, you know, I don't know, give myself a little bit of flair, sure. right? And ease the, the moment we talked earlier about wearing a baseball hat with a suit and mm -hmm. um, how that, I don't think that it takes away from your professionalism. I think it just shows other people that you can have a fun time while you're doing something super serious yeah. that you're dedicated about. Shows and your personality. Yeah, I think it shows my personality. Mm -hmm. But uh, I did, um, you know, I've spent a lot of years fighting... I've had a lot of success. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be coy, but with success and the opportunity to, from a monetary perspective, you know, you can easily like fall into materialism. Of course. And I have on different occasions in my life been very, uh, stricken with the guilt of awareness that mm -hmm. I've been a little bit more, um, I don't, I don't call it like greedy, but been, been consumed by consumerism, sure. if you will, or, mm -hmm. uh, then I probably should have. And, one of those moments came a few years ago. It's probably about five or six years ago now. Okay. I was trying to, I was getting ready for work by trying to decide which suit I was going to wear. Mm. And I was trying to match a shirt with okay. a suit. Yeah. And the consternation around that. And I found myself feeling like we, that we often sometimes feel in the morning, I got nothing mm. to wear. Yep. But Absolutely. I looked at the, the blessings that I had in front of me, which is this giant closet full of clothing mm. and realized that, the multitude of what I had didn't mean anything to me. And that's mm -hmm. why I was struggling to figure out what I wanted to wear. Mm -hmm. And so I do myself, it's twofold. I, I wear a white shirt every day to do one of two things. One, speed up how long it takes me to get ready in the morning because now sure. I don't got to choose. Yep. <laughs> but then the second one is, I, it reminds me of that moment a lot. Mm. And so during the day, you'll find other moments in the week, week with work where you're really, you're stressed out or you're focused or you've sure. got to make uh, a decision and there isn't a clear one that's the right, but you just, you have to make one because you're in a leadership position and you have to do that because other people are waiting on and waiting for you to make that call. Mm. And so I'm constantly trying to use the symbol to myself of just always wearing a white shirt to remind me of how dumb it was Mm. that I was completely blessed, but felt like I had nothing to wear 
because I didn't truthfully value all of the items that mm. I owned in the way that I needed to do. Yeah. And I think that as a leader, when you are put in a position to have opportunity and others are expecting you to make the right choice, I think it's really, really difficult sometimes to take a step back and fathom the magnitude of the, not just the opportunity, but the value of the decisions that you're making and how yeah. it impacts those around you. Yeah. And so um, I wear crisp white shirts every day uh, to do that myself. That's fantastic. The, the mindset of, uh, your, your garments, your wardrobe meaning something to you so powerful. And I feel like uh, it's lost on a lot of people. Um, these days you go chasing trends or what's mm -hmm. at, you know, the big, uh, the big retailer now what's being spoon fed to me and why do I like this? Do I even like it? Or is it just a, um, a product that I'm destined to consume. Right. And uh, the, the mindfulness uh, in that decision, yeah, I think is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, so good on you for that. Because uh, con blind consumerism, it's, it's a big issue in our world today. Yeah, and I, I think that you don't have to be monetarily blessed yeah. to be a victim of that. Absolutely. Because there's, you know, there's, there's lust in, mm -hmm. in that zone too, to never Absolutely. be content with what you have. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't have a favorite shirt. I have a shirt mm. and well, I mean, that's not true. I've got, I've got 10 white shirts that's in my closet, sure. right? I don't have a specific one that is a favorite anymore. I value mm. them all equal. Mm. And as silly as that sounds, uh, to some people who are like, dude, I've got this cool shirt that's got this gold elephant on the back and it's the best, <laughs> you know? So a listener who's got an elephant on the back of the shirt, I'm not trying to make fun of you, but what I want to see is that like, I think that I appreciate my wardrobe so much more mm. because I recognize all of them as equal yeah. and all of them for the same thing, which yeah. is, you know, providing me that reminder, but also um, I, I couldn't tell you which one I wore last Tuesday or which one I'm going to wear next week. It's yeah. just, they're all just white shirts. Well, it's like, it's like, uh, I would say, uh, you're, you're communicating in a way that almost equates these shirts to a per person or a personality, you know, like sure. Maybe you have your favorite people, your circle, but when it comes down to like children, sure. Maybe you have favorite, maybe you don't, but you don't love any of them less for, you know, you just love them for what they are right? and who they are. And like, that's kind of a, a weird, like out of left field, uh, <laughs> Stevenism, no, but no, I, I just, uh, I, I, f I find that pattern of thinking incredibly fascinating. Mm. Um, cause I try, I, I also try to implement that in my life. And, uh, uh, most of the time I will, I'll be totally honest. It just takes the shape of how do I show the world me? Yeah. And you know, how do you sum up a person in garments? You know, it's like almost a, it's a futile task in a lot of ways. And I feel like a lot of people fall into that. So like the, again, just the mindfulness that you have with your clothing decisions, yeah, and I, I, think I think is fantastic. Part of the reason why I specifically love the, you know, the white crisp shirt from inherent is that I, I, am able to dress it up and dress it down. Yeah. And so it honestly, it furthers the purpose and, and intentionality of how I like to live Absolutely. with that, with that shirt. Not that the U S had any clue that that was occurring. Right. But <laughs> sure. But the fact that it can be so malleable to mm. every situation, it makes it even easier for me to, 
um, to do that. And honestly, the shirts are great. So most people are just like, Ian, you just look great all the time. I don't understand how you say so nice. <laughs> and they're like, dude, I own one type of shirt. It's really yeah. not rocket science. Yep. And I designed rockets before. So I know how tough that can be. Totally. <laughs> tell you, man, just find a <laughs> shirt that you love that you look good in and just fill your closet with as many as it takes for you to wear in a week. Absolutely. And you'll be amazed. I think at how simple that transformation can change your mindset and your viewpoint on how you look at all your clothes. Absolutely. With that, let's, uh, let's touch briefly on the four looks that you did. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the, the casual casual look with the the jeans, the first one. That's right. So let's see. I, most of the days at the office, I either wear jeans or chinos mm-hmm. and I know that they're not particularly in as much style as they used to be, but I'm still probably going to wear skinny jeans for the rest of my life. Sure. And uh, maybe that's like the West coast <laughs> Ian coming out, even though I've only lived in Colorado my whole life, whatever. So <laughs> the truth is, is that uh, I'm either wearing chinos or jeans, yep. right? And I, I like the crisp white shirt untucked in mm-hmm. that environment because it yep. makes me feel a little bit more casual. And then that provides me an opportunity to either wear sneakers um, or, or, you know, loafers or driving loafers. Of course. And uh, it's real comfortable, easy. But now since I still have a collar, right, it's totally business cash. Yep. Uh, appropriate for me to meet with clients, um, talk to someone or meet a stranger that I've never met before and leave a positive impression. Absolutely. And, uh and then that actually probably leads, I don't know, you, you, can def, you can define the roadmap here first, Stephen, but it leads into probably the next uh, look, which mm-hmm. is really like the, the, the date night out, yep, right? absolutely. And part of the reason why I love the jeans or the chino with the crisp white shirt, then you can throw a blazer on top of it. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'm ready to, you know, go to cocktail hour or- Yeah, and just a, a, an easy switch of the shoes compl- and with the blazer on top, Totally changes. Totally changes the, the whole thing. Yeah, for yep. sure. And I really haven't had to do much. So now I don't have, it's not like I'm doing multiple garment changes. You know, I yep. just literally put another coat on. Yep. And more often than not, you know, I don't know why it took me so long to realize this as an, as an adult male, but, uh, you know, we have to wear a light jacket a lot of times because yep. it, it's windy or kind of can cold or the seasons change a lot in Colorado, but Pretty much that's what a blazer is. Yep. So I just can rock a blazer in the morning to work, take it off, and I look even more casual. And then yep. I can put the blazer back on and I'm ready to go to a networking event or some other after work yeah. uh, scenario. And I'm, and I'm dressed up a little bit nicer, or at least it looks appears as such. Yeah. Uh, you know, child Ian is still underneath the clothes, right? Yep. You know, of course. Um, but yeah, so, so I like that dynamic too. Awesome. You also had um, just the the same casual outfit, top mm-hmm. and shoes. Yep. But you you did put uh, some chinos on. Yeah. Uh, is that are those kind of interchangeable? The jeans and the chinos. I know you mentioned that. Yeah, they are. They are. I am stricken with this memory as a child where we. Uh, my mother was taking us out to some like outdoor like dinner. It may have been like a wedding or something. We had like outdoor and I put on jeans and she scolded me for putting on (laughs) jeans and made me go put on chinos. Right. And in my mind, I'm like, these are more comfortable than jeans. I don't understand why this is more appropriate for the outdoor event. Right. But I think sometimes it makes sense to have the, the chino look Mm because it is a little bit cleaner. doesn't spit as much casualness in people's faces as like the jeans, but you know, wearing the same fabric every single day, it, it can be a little bit tough for yeah. the, for, for the office or for play. And so I like tossing it up between chinos and jeans Cool, um, and, and leveraging their ability to, 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 to class up by mm-hmm. throwing a blazer over it because you, I think you can, you can play with the indoor outdoor scene, the seasonality yep. of, 
if you wear blue jeans every single day, like you're not mm-hmm. really rocking and rolling with the seasons, especially yep. when all you do is wear white shirts. Yep. So I've got to put a, throw a little color in there every once in a while and chinos is an appropriate way to, to do that. Fantastic. I love that. Uh, and then the, the blue suit, mm-hmm. um, that very formal, but also like very relaxed, like your personal style, um, just from my observation and having photographed you several times, it's very relaxed. I've never seen you in a tie. And is that, is that like a conscious choice or you're just like, I don't like ties or like why, why the, uh, the air of just like relaxation. Yeah. I own a lot of ties. Mm. I just don't wear them. And I, <laughs> I, I think I'm always been waiting for the right moment to wear a tie. Maybe sure. it's the, the formalist version of Ian wears mm-hmm. a tie, but I think that when a suit is cut correctly, mm-hmm. when the fabric lays the right way yeah. to, to on, you know, based on your body shape, right. Different structures or in matching the right season, mm-hmm that it looks classy enough that you yeah. don't need to wear a tie yeah and but you can get away with being a little bit more casual yeah right? absolutely i um i am actually more comfortable in a suit than i am wearing a pair of sweats that mm. might sound weird but i think if you wear a pair of pants that were made correctly for your body shape yep. you will quickly find that it's the most comfortable thing that you'll ever wear and 100%. so I don't want to wear a tie all of the time because that's you know no one wants their neck to be that tight sure but that doesn't stop you from being able to, uh, I don't know, be okay with wearing one every once in a while. But I'll say sure. in context, the way you just responded to me about feeling casual and looking relaxed, mm-hmm. right? I think it's because I really am the yeah. most relaxed. Like Absolutely. And, uh, and so I think that that just comes out, Yeah, you know? Well, yeah. Especially in that in that blue mm-hmm. one, I don't even know what the fabric type is, man. It's just, <laughs> it's just cool. It's just cool. <laughs> feels good. I feel like you know, you know it. You know, yeah. you know what it feels good. Uh, I remember when I first got my my first suit uh, from Inherent. It's just like, oh, th- this is a whole new world, you know, totally, and a whole new world of possibilities. Yeah, totally. And speaking of possibilities, your wild card choice mm-hmm. super simple, and I love it. Ball cap, <laughs> yeah. like, like so, fr- front facing back. Like, what is it about the ball cap um, for you that um, kind of a, is it like a self expression type thing? Is it like a, a mention? You mentioned like it possibly being like a, a piece of flair. Mm-hmm. Like, can you elaborate on that? Yeah. Well, first of all, I love baseball, yep. so I own a multitude Team? of baseball hats. I'm a Dodgers fan. Dodgers fan. Yeah. Cool. I um, even though I've grown up in Colorado my entire life, I've been an avid baseball fan before the Rockies were even in existence. So yep. I do have a soft spot for the Rockies, uh, and it's ironic that they are also in the NL West. <laughs> I think rather convenient because I can go see the Dodgers play in Denver a handful of times every year. Exactly. But I do own a lot of ball caps. And I, because I think I grew up playing baseball, I wore mm-hmm. baseball hats a lot. Yeah. And so I feel comfortable wearing a baseball hat. And I think the, I don't know, is it like a work hard, play hard vibe, right? <laughs> if you're wearing a baseball yeah. hat, you're kind of telling everyone like, you know what? Today's casual day at the office, yep. but I'm very comfortable in a suit. And I love mm-hmm. wearing, if you were like, Hey, just wear whatever you want to wear today. And I probably yep. put a suit on. Yep. And so I think wearing a hat does two things. Mm-hmm. One for me, it's probably my most comfortable state, mm. but I think two, it does show people that maybe haven't met me yet yeah. that I do, I, I can be super serious and mm-hmm. I'm ready to go yep. to be serious whenever you are ready, yeah. but that I don't take myself that serious yeah. and that I'm, I'm going to 
I'm going to meet you halfway. Mm-hmm. If not, I'm going to meet you 75% of the way. You can come 25% and yeah. let's, we can have a real conversation. And I think um, that comes out because the more comfortable you are with, with what you're wearing, mm-hmm. the more time you get to be authentic you towards yeah. other people. And I think the more time you get to spend speaking to authentic them because yeah. it puts people's guards down. And I think yeah. if I was dolled up in a James Bond tux every day, which I would still yeah. love to get to at some point in time Absolutely. in my life, but <laughs> I think that I would send this message to others that I was almost too serious, too stoic and mm. too unapproachable. Yeah. And I've never found success in my life mm. in my social circles or in my business circle by ever postulating myself mm. and thinking that I'm someone that's hyper serious yeah. all of the time. In yeah. fact, I want you to know that like I can, you know, we can go toe to toe and I can go 12 rounds with anyone in the business arena, but that I want to do it with fun. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, incredible, incredible time. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, spending the past couple hours with me. Yeah. Uh, the photos are great. Love spending time, time with you always. Um, I'll roll out the red carpet for you. Uh, okay. Let people know where to find you and what you're up to. Appreciate that. Yeah. And so I'll just be candid. I'll just put my personal email out there. You just, just drop me a line. Ian Jacob Lee at gmail.com. No capitals, no dots. Just I-N-I-A-N-J-A-C-O-B-L-E at gmail.com. Uh, some of the businesses, though, that I that I love right now that I'm knee deep in uh, that you probably would love to is uh, Lee Spirits Company. So Lee Spirits Co. on Instagram and or Facebook. And then my personal Instagram or Facebook is Ian Jacob Lee, ironically, just like my email address. <laughs> and then Andrus Lee is the, the name of my mortgage team. Fantastic. So. Awesome. Ian, thank you so much. Of course, Ian. Appreciate it. Inherent family, thank you so much for joining us today on Life and Style by Inherent. We'll see you next time.